I was already born, and I wasn't born a nepotism baby, so I'm kind of fresh out of ideas. Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. And I'm Nicole Perkins, filling in for Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Welcome back, Nicole. So happy you're joining us once again. Thank you for bringing me back. In case you uh, missed last week's episode, Nicole is the host of the podcast, This Is Good For You, the author of Sometimes I Trip on How Happy We Could Be. And uh, if you're a Slate longtime fan, uh, she was formerly the host of Slate's own Thirst Aid Kit. So if you know our show at all, you know we like to keep things light. We like to keep it topical. uh, But... To be honest, it really feels like there is only one prevailing topic in the world right now, and that is the war in Ukraine. So rather than wade into war commentary, which our show isn't uh, really equipped to do, we thought it would be useful to talk about what we are equipped to do, to talk about how to be online when something like what's happening in Ukraine is going on. Absolutely. It's at times like these that one of the most important things you can do is think Please think before you repost anything. Misinformation spreads so quickly online, and it's so easy to get taken in by unchecked falsehoods. And it seems like the misinformation travels farther than the actual corrections or the the proper information. Exactly. So one of my favorite, like, easy tricks for doing this especially on TikTok, is to check where the audio source in a video has originated from. Because in the past couple of weeks, we've seen really horrifying images without sourcing, with even more horrifying audio playing over top, you know, sounds of war, traumatic sounds. But when you click them, sometimes you'll find, oh, that's not from (laughs) what's happening in Kyiv right now. That's from a video that was posted two years ago. Right. And on Twitter, before you hit that retweet button, please do a quick Google search or two or three even on the facts in whatever tweet that you're retweeting. A few quick self fact checks can save you a huge headache when all those finger waggers come out to yell at you for sharing misinformation. I totally agree. But I do also on the note of finger waggers, I want to say If you are duped into posting something that turns out to be misinformation, don't beat yourself up about it. I think this is something I hate and we're seeing so much of online right now is people like, tsk, tsk, you should have known better. You should have been smarter. The people tricking you with these videos, with these tweets, with these charts, they're they're being duplicitous intentionally. So if you get got, (laughs) that's okay. Admit it. Move on. But also don't feel dumb. This is an intentional misinformation campaign. Exactly. One great resource is Friend of the Pod, Kate Lindsay's recent embedded newsletter called You Don't Need to Post Through a Crisis. <laughs> we'll make sure we link that in the show notes. But uh, as the title indicates, Kate really succinctly and beautifully gets into the idea that it's okay if you are really overwhelmed and don't feel like you have anything to contribute to this narrative right now. Uh, because if you're like me, you probably don't. Nothing I can say about the horrible things that are happening to human beings on the other side of the world is useful or productive to help those people not experience the horrible things that they're experiencing. I wish I could have something profound to say that would have an impact, but I don't, so I won't. And if you feel like you really must say something, I deeply urge you to think of one Anna Lynn McCord. Dear President Vladimir Putin, I'm so sorry that I was not your mother. If I was your mother, you would have been so loved, held in the arms of joyous light. Never would. Please, we do not want you to end up like a punchline, too. 
Can I say that ever since I saw that video, I've only been able to hear it to the tune of Justin Bieber's If I Was Your Boyfriend? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I honestly had no idea who that person was. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But now we all do. So imagine I'm your mother. <laughs> Uh, speaking of celebrities whose names we don't know, uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about nepotism babies. Yes. During the last few weeks of Euphoria, it seems like the babies out there finally figured out that Maud Apatow is a child of nepotism. <gasps> right. Gasp. <laughs> well, we've got some news for you. It turns out that Hollywood is actually run on nepotism. Water is wet. News at 11. Uh, after the break, we'll be back to discuss the nepotism babies of Hollywood, why the teens are surprised by this, and how uh, nepotism is so much more common than even if you're thinking about it all the time, you might realize. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, and we are back with Euphoria, or at least Lexi from Euphoria. A little bit ago, I was talking to a friend about this play, and I asked him, what if I upset people? And he said to me, sometimes people need to get their feelings hurt. Um, so even though he couldn't be here with us tonight, this one's for you. So the recent online conversation about nepotism babies all started with Twitter user at Miriam is tired, who tweeted on February 20th. Wait, I just found out that the actress who plays Lexi is a nepotism baby. Oh, my God. With like a sobbing emoji. <laughs> her mom is Leslie Mann and her dad is a movie director. LOL. I mean, good for Leslie Mann, but just immediately I'm dying at the idea that Judd Apatow is just like a nameless who here. A movie director. Yeah, we'll go with that. I like it. I like it. It's really funny to see Judd Apatow, this man who is synonymous with like bromances of the 2000s, right? These movie comedies that are all about guys and their weed and I don't know. Anchorman, the 40-year-old virgin. I just like the list goes on and on right that he has become this complete unknown to a younger generation and i'm you know i'm actually kind of surprised that they knew leslie mann's name and not his so twitter much like nicole and i uh were very quick to dunk on this having a good laugh at uh i'm gonna say teens but it's Having a laugh at, let's say, Gen Z not knowing who Judd Apatow is. Like, there's one tweet that says, uh, love this tweet. It's very me. We should all stop knowing anything about men. Humble them. Can't say I disagree. <laughs> I'm all on board. Uh, there was another tweet that said, this person is going to lose their shit when they find out who Barry Levinson is. Barry Levinson <laughs> being the very famous director and father of Euphoria creator Sam Levinson. 
it's a conspiracy all the way up. Uh, So there are plenty of people online similarly reacting with like a what in earnest at the Mod Apatow news. Uh, But there's also a strong undercurrent of people just rolling their eyes at the the nepotism and privilege uh, and frankly, playfully longing to be nepotism babies themselves. Like, I don't think I'd mind if Judd Apatow was my daddy. (laughs) I guess it depends on what kind of daddy, but I I hear you. Um, Either seems like a good gig. (laughs) (laughs) On TikTok, the hashtag nepotism baby currently has 11.3 million views. And so many of these posts are about wanting to be a nepotism baby or they're making jokes pretending to be one. One fun one had the on-screen text, I want to be a nepo baby so bad I might have to become successful myself so my kids can experience it. So this whole reaction is, let's say, equal parts jealousy and shock at just how incredibly pervasive nepotism is in the entertainment biz. And what these people are pointing out is not anything new at all. Nepotism in Hollywood is basically as old as Hollywood itself. Is there a film or a TV actor that you love? Look up who their parents are, their uncles, their cousins, and you might be surprised. I mean, look, that's just genetics. Hot people often give birth to other hot people. This is how we get half of the, you know, guest list at the Oscars. Uh, So because there is such a wealth of nepotism babies in Hollywood, Uh, Let's play a little game, like Billy on the Street style here. So for a dollar, how fast can you name 10 nepotism babies, Nicole? Go. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Aurora Perrineau, John David Washington, Enrique Iglesias, Jason Schwartzman, Drew Barrymore, Jane Fonda, Jennifer Aniston, Matthew Perry, the Gyllenhaals. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's 10. You could have a dollar. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know about Matthew Perry. Yeah, his dad is an actor. Did you see the movie Fools Rush In? Yeah. Matthew Perry? Okay, yeah. the, the father, his father in the movie is his real life father. <sighs> They're everywhere. <laughs> okay, Madison, it's your turn. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Lord Dern, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Liza Minnelli. Uh, that's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S. Uh, Emma Roberts, Blake Lively, Angelina Jolie, Zoe Kravitz, Lily Collins... Made. What's her name? Margaret Qualley, uh, Maya Rudolph, Gwyneth Paltrow. I can't count. We're going to say that's 10. I'm going to give it to you. I did not know that Blake Lively was a Nepo baby. Yeah. That was a long list of nepotism babies. And the list keeps going and going and going. Do you have any like favorite nepotism babies? People you're like, yeah, good for you. Also, you're great. So I don't really care who your parents are. Oh, yes. Tracy Ellis Ross. I love her style. That's a good one. I love her laugh. I love the way that she is fully her own person, but she still acknowledges who her mother is and the fact that they love each other so much and they have, they seemingly have this really good relationship. I, I just love her so much. What about you? My new recent favorite nepotism baby discovery is, do you watch Dickinson? Yes. Okay. Uh, Anna Barishnikov, the actress who plays Lavinia, is Barishnikov Barishnikov's daughter. Look at me, doing menial household labor day in, day out for my mother, when what I want, what I dream of, is to do menial household labor day in, day out for my gorgeous, emotionally unavailable husband. What? <laughs> right? I should have known that, but I did not. But okay, it makes sense. It makes complete sense. Ah. Uh, 
I think she's incredibly talented and very funny in the way that you just reacted to it. Like, I had no idea. She was not an actress I knew when I came into this show. And lest we become the next tweet of someone uh, discovering who a famous person is, when we say Bershnikov, we mean Mikhail Bershnikov, the very famous ballet dancer and actor. And if you watch the original Sex in the City, he's the last guy Carrie dates before Big. The last time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I think that it's really funny um, that we have all these examples, but the biggest example I think in in like most recent television history is the show Girls, which probably could have been named Nepotism Babies, just as is. I don't want to freak you out, but I think that I may be the voice of my generation, or at least a voice of a generation. So we've got. Lena Dunham, who is the daughter of two artists. Allison Williams, whose dad is disgraced journalist Brian Williams. He just forgot he wasn't there. <laughs> Jemima Kirk's dad is a drummer in a rock band. And Zasha Mamet is the daughter of famous playwright David Mamet. So it is a stacked cast of entertainment children. Plus, obviously, there's the Apatow link involved there, who is father to not one nepotism baby, but actually two, because the younger daughter is out there doing stuff in Hollywood. And when he adopts me, it'll be three. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm surprised we've made it this far also without talking about uh, the nepotism children of Hollywood power couple Will and Jada, Willow and Jaden. You know, the nepotism that runs so deep that, like, let's just name our kids after ourselves. That'll give them a leg up. I'm I'm feeling it a little bit, you know, because I like did a crisscross thing, you know. So I, I like I like the naming thing, uh, and I also would name my children after myself. So that's that works for me. But yeah, that list just it keeps going, right? So we've got Goldie Hawn and her kids, Kate Hudson, Oliver Hudson, Wyatt Russell. Then there's Mel Streep and her kids, Mamie Gummer, Grace Gummer, Louisa Jacobson. Then there's Denzel and his son, John David Washington. All those countless Coppolas, Robert Downey Jr., Angelina Jolie, Dakota Johnson. I mean, it really is just an endless list. Yeah, it's, I just, it's everyone. And like the overlap of like Hollywood youngish actors and nepotism babies is like largely a circle. Okay, so Nicole, we've talked about our favorite nepotism babies. So I think it's only fair that we uh, discuss who the worst nepotism babies are. Uh, I think I have my answer, but who would you pick? Okay, Uh, I hope that I don't regret this because that's how awful he is. But Max Landis, who is the son of director John Landis, who directed the thriller music video and, of course, other things. Right. Um, But I first learned about Max because of some really awful allegations that kept coming up from different accusers over the years. And because of his responses to those allegations, which you know, just the whole thing made me very uncomfortable. And like, I'm just like, oh, I got to stay away from this guy somehow. I will pick an equally awful person, which is to say uh, my selection is the one and only Chet Hanks. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a solid. That's a solid choice. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, his father is so great. And uh, Chet is just, well, awful. And it is hard to... Uh... <laughs> Hard to imagine that Tom Hanks' legacy includes spawning this man who enjoys speaking in patois on red carpets, despite being, like I mentioned, the son of Tom and Rita. Uh, (laughs) Just pan the cameras over to Colin. He's lovely. 
Colin is so sweet. I cannot wait until he stars in the biopic of Tom Hanks's life. That will be good, but I'm unwilling to accept that there is a future where Tom Hanks is not starring as Tom Hanks in the biopic <laughs> of his life. They're just going to de-age him and, and put him on the screen. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and de-age ourselves and think about some other uh, inspired nepotism casting. And when we come back, we'll be talking more about how unsurprising all of this is and uh, how it's actually not just famous people who uh, get in on the nepotism action. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I see why my guys just wanted to take a minute to shout out any new listeners who might have joined us for the first time today. Welcome. We are so glad that you found our show and that you're here with us. In case you going to say it. In case you missed it, our show actually comes out twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays. So be sure to check out last Wednesday's episode, uh, We Bought Weed in the Metaverse. All right, we're back with uh, more nepotism in Hollywood. At this age, it just feels like an obvious fact about the world to me, but I'm going to try, let's try and, and cast ourselves back. Do you have any memories about when you first realized how pervasive this sort of nepotism is in the industry? Yeah, um, I'm going to reveal my age here, but uh, it was back when I was a little girl and found out that Drew Barrymore came from an incredibly deep Hollywood family. That's when I learned about the Barrymores. Uh, Her childhood, Drew's childhood through her early 20s, you know, it was kind of rocky, you know, as she struggled with a lot of the stuff that comes with being a kid in Hollywood. So she was always in celebrity news for something or the other. And almost every time they would give a rundown of her family and just be like, is she bringing shame on the family or is she just continuing a family tradition? It was really kind of (laughs) odd. It's so funny that you bring up Drew Barrymore because she's also my example. E.T. was re-released in theaters at some point when I was a kid. And I remember after seeing the movie, my mom being like, that little girl is Drew Barrymore. Let me tell you all about her family. (laughs) What this whole conversation about nepotism really boils down to is privilege. 
who has access to fame, to the routes to fame and success? And who is, you know, whose life is kind of dictated by who their parents are? So I think it makes sense, though, that all these kids kind of end up going into the family business because that's what happens elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, their parents' lives are the ones being modeled to them. So it does make sense that you might want to grow up and give that a go. Then, you know, I can't imagine being like the 13-year-old child of a celebrity and thinking, hmm, it would be more ethical if I went to medical school. But also, there's no winning here. If Maude Apatow had grown up and said, okay, I want to go to Harvard, (laughs) everybody (laughs) would be saying, oh, well, Maude Apatow only got into Harvard because she's Judd Apatow, because, excuse me, because she's Leslie Mann and some director's daughter. Well, at least there are some celebrities who are fully aware of what nepotism has done for their career. In 2019, Jamie Lee Curtis, whose parents are Tony Curtis and Janet Lee, was asked by The New Yorker if she knew how she got her iconic role in Halloween. And she said, I'm sure the fact that I was Janet Lee and Tony Curtis's daughter and that my mother had been in Psycho, if you're going to choose between this one and this one, choose the one whose mother was in Psycho because it will get some press for you. I'm never going to pretend that I just got that on my own. Like I'm just a little girl from nowhere getting it. Clearly I had a leg up. Okay, so that's one gender. The other gender is Ben Stiller, uh, (laughs) who uh, uh, reacted to criticism of being a uh, Nepo baby by being, well, uh, a baby. Uh, Last year, Franklin Leonard, a film and TV producer, quote tweeted a tweet about a project featuring three nepotism babies saying, Hollywood's a meritocracy, right? And Ben Stiller hops in, which... Famous people, you don't need to tweet. You're already famous. The rest of us are trying to get famous on Twitter. You're good. You're good. (laughs) (laughs) dive into your piles of money. But instead, Ben Stiller is out here tweeting and hops in to say, you know, well, actually, and they have this whole back and forth where Ben says, yes, speaking from experiences, and I don't know any of them, I would bet that all of these people have faced challenges different than those with no access to the industry. Showbiz, as we all know, is pretty rough and ultimately a meritocracy. Uh, It is not. (laughs) (laughs) It is not at all. And Ben needs to have the grace to admit that. I mean, we can talk for days and days at a time about all the white guys who get like big budget films one after another, even when they're box office failures. But a woman director may not work for years if one of her movies flops. Hollywood is not at all only about merit. No, what are you talking about? There were absolutely no women who deserved to win Best Director at the Oscars between Chloe Zhao and uh, Catherine Bigelow winning, you know, over a decade ago for The Hurt Locker. (laughs) I mean, you know, if we had to wait for a straight white guy to admit that he has privilege, um, I think we would just die before that happens. (laughs) Yeah, that was me holding my breath. Now I'm dead. (laughs) Another thing to keep in mind is that nepotism is certainly not exclusive to Hollywood or any powerful industry, really. Um, Of course, politics is one of the biggest nepotism machines in the world. Uh, And even college admissions with legacy considerations, that's a a major example of nepotism. And that's why universities always seem to have buildings with family names on them. And and you see, you know, certain certain people get uh, the privileges of getting uh, into colleges that other people don't because, you know, they've got the money in the name. No, it's just really common that if your last name's Kennedy, you're good at politics. But you're not. (laughs) (laughs) And we're still talking about very, like, glamorous and elite institutions here, right? But if we we pivot away 
from the glam and a little bit more towards, uh, well, not Hollywood. Nepotism's still around. You know, if your dad owns a furniture store and then you grow up to run the furniture store, that's nepotism. Also, possibly the plot of Yellow Jackets. <laughs> if your parents bring you to take your child to work day, that could be considered encouraging nepotism. Um, but it's not too bad to like your parents' job and want to consider those careers, which is why Blue Ivy already has a Grammy. <laughs> I love that for her. And I love how like DJ Khaled has his kid listed as a producer on his tracks. That baby was a baby. That baby could not even talk, but okay. <laughs> his, his newborn listed as a producer on his tracks. Look, you know. I mean, I understand it. Build legacy, build wealth, do it. Go for it. I think what we're saying is uh, that nepotism itself isn't actually always bad or good, which is to say that, once again, we're ending an ICYMI show in the Valley of Nuance. Are you surprised? I am shocked. But, you know, it is also not something that's ever going to be possible to remove completely from the way we do things in society. If anything, this latest round of, gen of a generation discovering nepotism is actually useful in that it gets people talking about it. And I'm sure we'll do it all again in another half decade when the next micro generation realizes that, uh, oh, I don't know, Stormy Webster didn't start that makeup brand for kindergartners all on her own. <laughs> Make way for our own nepotism babies. That's going to be one really fun daycare. All right, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Wednesday. Please subscribe. It is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Also, Rachel will be back. Leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Tell your friends about us. If you know any nepotism babies, preferably ones with very large social platforms, tell them about us. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at ICYMI underscore pod or shoot us an email. We're ICYMI at Slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank. Amber Smith is Senior Manager of Podcast Audience Development. And Alicia Montgomery is Executive Producer of Slate Podcasts. See you online. Or in a Hollywood maternity ward. If I was your mother, I'd never let you go. I could take you places I ain't never been before. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs>